Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. We had a nice little chat before the show started recording about uh, working three to four days a week in the office. Ian's three, I'm four. Are you five? I think we'll be five before too long. I can see it coming. It's not, they're not going to let this carry on, are they? I actually had people giving flexibility to work at home. I actually had a dream last night that I was made redundant by Bloomberg. Oh, really? And um, it was quite terrifying. And my good friend and colleague, Olivia Solon, was in charge of our team, um, even though I'm not on that team at the moment anymore. So it was a very bizarre dream, all all things considered, but um, hopefully not a prophecy because I like my job. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to be made redundant either. No. I mean, even though it would allow me to spend five days a week at home, it wouldn't allow me to have a home. Well, speaking of having a home, story one here. I'm filing this, Ian, under throw unknown AI at a problem, weight, profit. Uh, (laughs) And I'll, I'll preface this by saying, do you remember that Welsh chap who wanted to get permission to dig through a landfill in, in in Wales to find a hard drive. Well, good. I thought you did because we have talked about this a few years ago. Well, he's back in the news. Uh, the BBC reported this week that James Howells, who spent the last decade trying to find said discarded hard drive, reportedly containing 8,000 Bitcoin, that's the, that's the reason there, uh, now plans to use AI to locate it. Uh, spoiler alert, when I told Kate we were going to talk about this, she said, what kind of AI? And I said, Exactly. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Mr. Howells, he, he said he accidentally threw away this hard drive 10 years ago. It was 2013, I think. It had 8,000 Bitcoin stored on it in a crypto wallet. At the time, they were worth a mere £4 million, which I think is pretty irresponsible. I, I can't throw a hard drive away thinking there might be something like an old text file on it that I'd but want. I have, a, I have a cupboard full of hard drives, many of which have failed, but I still keep as a, just an emergency thing. Same. They're all in a little shoebox, well, quite a big box actually now, under our spare bed. Anyway, yeah. it was worth £4 million at the time he said he lost it. Now, I ran the numbers this morning through a handy little calculator. And as of today, his 8,000 Bitcoin would be worth just a hair over a quarter of a billion pounds. Wow. Yeah, it sounds like a lot, and it is. But if you really want to feel the guy's pain, imagine you were in his shoes at Bitcoin's peak when that stash was actually worth closer to 400 million Oof. pounds. Yeah, it's pretty bad. No, I'm not being funny or anything here, but I would take a quarter of a billion pounds. Yeah. That would be fine. I'd take 4 million. That would also be fine. Yeah. Ex- not a greedy man. Exactly, exactly. Um, so you can see why this chap is keen to get permission to dig for it. Newport Council has continued to refuse an excavation at the site yes. of the tip, and he's estimated exactly, rough, well, say exactly roughly, he's estimated whereabouts the drive would be. I presume he means in terms of depth uh, rather than, uh, you know, 
forwards or sideways or what specific area it is because yeah. he says he's this calculated based me. on the height of the tip based on the number of years that he thinks the drive has been sitting there so what he wants to do is get about a hundred thousand tons worth of uh of junk out of a total of 1.4 million tons according to bbc and then he says this is a quote I'd then take the landfill to a unit where it'll be placed on a conveyor belt and subjected to an AI scanning system. And if the AI recognises anything that looks like a hard drive, it'll be flagged and removed. Right, so he hasn't really got any sort of plan whatsoever then. This is all just absolute nonsense. There are so many unknowns, and I respect the effort because if I'd have thrown a hard drive that may have a quarter of a billion pounds worth of crypto on it, I'd be doing exactly the same thing that he would, would be doing. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% support his I'd effort. be in bed crying. Well, they're not mutually exclusive, but <laughs> you might, during the cry think of something like this as a way to do it so but i have a number of questions about this despite respecting the the effort the first thing why does the council object to the tip because he has promised to give a significant percentage of the total value over to the council to do work with you know and so we're talking tens of millions of pounds potentially yeah. which you'd think the council would say mm, okay maybe they say it's environmental issues and that it would cause problems environmentally which uh, may or may qu- probably not be. quite right quite possibly but i would say that with that amount of money you could probably offset them and do a hell of a lot more long-term good for the environment um but there we go the second thing and this is why i filed this under throw unknown ai at a problem weight profit is this is a trend that i've noticed over the last year in particular doing so much coverage of ai stuff is that there is this general belief that any problem in the world previously insurmountable by human ingenuity can be overcome by applying AI to it. And that's just very, very, very rarely accurate. The AI systems and products, generally speaking, are not that good. So no. you would need something that is specifically tuned for this. And I'm just not sure that if you were putting a huge amount of waste produce on a conveyor belt, like some sort of perverted generation game, that you wouldn't be able to spot the hard drive no. if you just stood there and generally looked through It's going to be cake it. to nappies and um, other unspeakables. And, you know, like, sure, you could use... Um, machine learning to recognize things that look like hard drives that's perfectly possible but they would need to be visible and they would need to be not covered in mud and dirt and nappies Um, so really you're going to have to do so much legwork to get the things ready you're already going to be able to spot the hard drive and I mean that's before we've even got to the point that I doubt that hard drive ever made it into the tip because I don't I think it would have been filtered out long before it was thrown in landfill I wondered that as well. I'm sort of, I lean more on the optimistic side on his behalf, which is that it probably is in there. But would a hard drive that has been sitting in landfill for 10 years even be in a usable state if it could be recovered? I think it would be possible. It would It would be possible to, if you were prepared to spend enough money on it, I'm sure you could recover what you need from it, potentially. I mean, it could be crushed pancake thin he doesn't think you know, it is i i saw that mentioned in a story that that there is a belief that it wasn't it wasn't crushed i don't know how you but know i mean that. how yeah because i mean have you been to a tip uh, like a proper a landfill not a household recycling center mm-hmm. but a, like a landfill it's 
it's done by driving heavy machinery all over it. I did it when I was at school, weirdly. I, I, we were doing a video project and we went to a tip to film, you know, and they, I mean, we probably wouldn't be allowed to do that sort of thing now as kids. But anyway, we did. Um, and yeah, you know, it's it's um, it's it's tipper trucks and, um, you know, uh, crany army excavator things. And, you know, they all weigh a bunch, enough single-handedly to destroy a hard drive let alone the waste on top of it, which how many... So 10 years, is it? 10 years. So, you know, that's that's probably tons and tons of waste. Yeah. Uh, which is all compacted down every time to get the most amount of space possible. Um, it's swimming in fluids, obviously, because everything, you know, all the, all the liquid drains out of everything and will have, you know, seeped down past the hard drive. I mean, you know, sure, it's possible it's in there it's possible we could get it out and it would be okay but the chances are astronomically small and, they, and i'm sure that's why the council is like no actually it doesn't matter if you're going to give us 20 million quid because actually the the fact is it, you know you're not going to find it we're, you're going to promise us money we're going to spend money on helping you and we're never going to get a penny for it so why would they take a punt on it if i think if he came to them with a 20 million cash offer up front then maybe they might reconsider it but at the moment it's just a promise of nothing isn't it and if you're correct and all of those things happen and i usually am hard drive (laughs) if it had happened um and it was still in a way in a state that you could plug it in and the disc would spin up and everything which is a very big if then 10 years of being sitting under what is presumably a lot of other electronic rubble has magnetic interference Yep. and will have affected the magnetic properties of said spinning disk that might mean that something as cryptographically secure as a crypto wallet is unlikely to be recoverable, even if you could get the disk spinning into a usable state. So I find it, I do find it hard to to see how this could end up being anything other than a massive I mean, gamble. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. And and uh, so there's this reminds me of that story. Have you heard about the? So you've heard about the guy in the US who's got a similar problem in that his is his crypto wallet is stored on a a drive, a thumb drive that's encrypted. It's yeah. a specifically designed cold wallet. Um, and so he's. I saw something. Um, you, you know, a guy called Ed Zitron or Zitron yep. or whatever. He, yep. Yeah. So he tweeted about it, saying that the guy has been offered now. They they think they've got, found someone who could hack into it, and he's gone suspiciously quiet about it. Um, it, it. I just wonder, like, you know, is he right? Did he have this many Bitcoin? Did you know? Is has talking about this become his entire personality is he just the guy that lost all that bitcoin now and and you know he has to keep coming up with these wackadoodle ways of finding it like using ai because otherwise he's no longer in the news cycle i don't think so and i think he does know he's he works in it and i generally think that people who work in it and adopted cryptocurrency very very early would at least be on nodding terms with uh with with the technology to the extent that he would know if he actually had it or not yeah. or if he'd have well, sold sure. it or used it there was a guy i yeah. interviewed quite a few years ago when i was writing a story for business week where um it was very tragic his son was a very very early adopter of bitcoin uh, but his son died young in a plane crash and the chap knew that he had a lot of bitcoin at one point but he didn't know if there was any left in his wallet 
and if he didn't know uh, if if there was any left there was no guarantee how much but he was like you know there could be anything from nothing to several million dollars worth of bitcoin in this irrecoverable wallet that belonged to his deceased son and that is in a way to me would be easier to get over in terms of a financial loss because you could yeah, at least pretend yours, right well i suppose but i mean you could you could always pretend that well it was very likely that your son had spent it whereas this chap is adamant that he had 8000 bitcoin they were on a hard drive and that hard drive is in a tip in newport which is even harder to to get over i would say i mean i no don't get me wrong i i i actually have at least some empathy for the guy, although how he managed to make this mistake. I mean, you say he, he remembers how much he's got. Why didn't he remember what which hard drive it was on when he discarded it? That's Well, that goes back to our earlier question, which is that it just seems bizarre. Like, I, I'm, and I'm sure you are as well, very careful about throwing away anything that might possibly have some usable data in future. Because I don't even trust myself with deleting files that I think will never be of interest in the future to me. So I'm just, sure I've told this, uh, sorry, I, I'm, I'm sure I've told the story before about how I lost my dissertation for university and, and it, you know, probably the only copy because I made a stupid mistake upgrading Windows. Oh, uh, were, you, were you the teenager in the Apple Mac? advert in the 90s it's like <laughs> it devoured my paper the girl everyone thought was stoned ellen what's that was it ellen something like that yeah yeah i i i, re- I really like that girl i thought she was ace she was great and it was a genuine yeah. customer i remember writing about her at cnet and uh she was she was a real student she really did have it and she was on sleeping medication not not weed uh, um let me just pull see. up a couple of comments that have come in while we've been talking here al came up with some novel suggestions for alternative ways to find this hard drive one giant cartoon style magnet to suck it up nope trained moles or rabbits to go with gopros attached to their heads uh, have you seen a rabbit try to fight through a load of discarded hard drives that is a ripped pause situation wouldn't uh, say that's environmentally friendly but maybe that's part of the problem uh, or more realistic this get a few interns and give them shovels yeah i'd go for that kate yeah, that seems like the most pro- pro- proactive idea kate says this is possibly a stupid question because i don't know anything about bitcoin but do you not get any kind of receipt or something when you buy them well you do don't you that's sort the, of the chain itself is that, the is the receipt exactly the 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 receipt is the uh is the the uh the record on the blockchain but unfortunately you then store the actual coins themselves on a hard drive you don't have to you can store them in an online wallet of things but you can store them in a hard drive and um that in itself is often problematic yeah and so you can the, the, the record is there to say yes you have them they are legit but if you've stored them on drive and you've lost the drive then it doesn't matter if you can prove you've got them you haven't physically got them so it's difficult yes it's very exactly difficult. that i mean the, and, and there is a decent amount of bitcoin out there that is similar similarly unaccounted for you know that these are coins that are mined and are in existence technically yeah um but they're on they're they're many of them are probably lost um the easiest way to think about it in terms of physical comparison and it's not a perfect analogy but it is the same as saying you bought something made of solid gold and you've got the receipt and the company that you bought it from also has a copy of the receipt and there's no there's no denying that you bought it and that you have it but you threw it in landfill 
Yeah. So it's no good to you without the gold. It's no good to you if you haven't physically got the gold, even if no one's disputing that you had it. So it's challenging. I mean, in in yeah, I mean that's true, and I mean, yeah, I I was just going to say, I mean, I suppose you could make the point that if if sort of the blockchain was run by somebody, which obviously it isn't because that's not how it works, you could say, well, all right, after eight years or whatever, we'll you know you've got that we we know you bought it so we'll i don't know do something but i it's not like a, it's not a bank or a company you know it's a peer-to-peer service so there's not really any way to do that plus you know it helps the fundamental infrastructure for there not to be people taking money out of bitcoin kate says it seems flawed but it's not like real gold and it and, and, and no, I it mean that, but it is that has but very uh, astutely captured the whole crypto industry. Really, it, it is. seems flawed. But yeah. it, but it, but it's it kind of it's, it's it's currency in a sense. It is valuable because people agree it is valuable. Therefore, if yeah. you have a thing and everyone agrees it's worth an amount, then like it is diamonds, worth an amount. So only valuable because people seem to think they are, not because they are actually valuable. And, even though diamonds have some use and De Beers basically just tells yes. you how much it's worth yeah so They're good for cutting things but you know i yes speaking of cutting this is where the story ends adverts nate no thanks i I know, I know, and I'd like to talk about them because they're getting on my go. I got very angry writing all these bits. I was, I was telling the live chat before, um, before we started recording that um, I was angered by these stories. Um, there's it, we're what we're calling the Morris Medley this week. It's a collection of four short stories, all sort of related through a, a, a sort of a, a trend of advertising. So first up. Disney Plus now has an ad-supported tier, Woo-hoo. like Netflix. Woo. Uh, it will cost four ninety nine a month and offer HD streams. Um, but Disney has also changed the standard version, which now costs the same as it did b- before, but no longer has 4K or Dolby Vision or Atmos. They're all locked behind a much more expensive option, which is now ten ninety nine a month. Uh, the standard service is seven ninety nine for just HD and Dolby five point one. Nate, are you a Disney Plus subscriber? I have a Disney Plus account. Um, Me too. But, and I, I have accounts to lots lots of them, although I have one that I consider a floater, which is I subscribe to something for a month and then I move it to a different one the next month. Things like, um, is it uh, Discovery? Discovery yeah. Plus yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, Paramount Plus, which is the one I have at the moment because well. Frasier's on it. But Yeah, um, Frasier's good, actually. I've been enjoying that. Um, and yes, I, I have those. And there's a, another conversation as to why I do it that way, but that's for another day. Disney Plus used to be the really great value one, and it still is relatively yes. good value, but it's now very confusing. And this is a UK thing, right? Because I think they've done this in the US before. I, it's difficult to keep track of it. So let's not muddy the waters of uh, our American friends. If you're in America, you would be very welcome to email us um, and, and tell us what the situation is. But yes, I mean, it seems to me that if an ad tier is going to launch, it tends to launch in the US first because they're very receptive to advertising for some reason. We've got several options now for ad-supported stuff in the UK. And I, I find it strange. I think it's good because it opens up the value to people with less money but it it did feel like this this whole streaming system was a lovely antithesis to having ads in anything 
and that now it's that was the point it's yeah. not well for me i mean i don't enjoy live tv for ad because of advertising that's the simple reason um that and the fact that i have to be somewhere at a specific time uh which annoys me because of the inflexibility but yeah um i mean adverts are painful they 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 cause me great pain actually there's a there's a fifth story that i didn't mention that i'll, I'll just shoehorn in now youtube's <laughs> gone all, all yeah all guns blazing on advertising recently so my um i use ghostery um on my computer Mo- mostly not for ad blocking i have to say it's more about security and making sure that weird stuff isn't allowed you know to show me things um but anyway the other thing it does very well is it dismisses those cookie pop-ups uh, uh you know yeah. it, it automatically doesn't consent to them for you and they go away it's fantastic like it's worth having just for that anyway uh so youtube just stopped working for me um and i was very disappointed but they fixed it within 24 hours because youtube's really in a big fight at the moment to stop people from blocking ads yeah anyway shall i go to story two have you said everything you wanted to say about disney no i had just one other thing to point out because i i did look up this story on campaign about ad supported streaming stuff and about fast free ad supported television Oh, very good. Um, mm. And according to a survey that was done, the UK, uh, 63% of British adults are open to ads in exchange for free streaming content. <sighs> so that's for people who don't want to pay anything. So they're going in that direction, right? I'd, I would personally, and I, and I mean this, and we'll get to this as well in our fourth uh, Morris Medley component, um, I, I I would gladly pay for a lot of things um, because I really just, I am just so sick of advertising. I'm sick of seeing things that are of no relevance whatsoever to me, um, things that I would never buy. And, you know, it just, it just gets my goat. Anyway, um, 41, yeah, I mean, 41% of people in this poll were open to ads in order to get cheaper access to a platform so that's a good that's a good portion i'll put a link well, they must to have done survey. their research right yeah 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 i mean campaigns pretty pretty good um but i'll put a link to this in the show notes you know where to find that anyway on with the morris medley yeah yes so paramount plus has stopped working for me i inserted this uh because i was on twitter whinging about it so i use pie hole um oh, yeah. which is an ad blocking uh but it's more than that as well again it's a security thing it stops things from you know accessing you you know you you don't want to see things that are malware on the internet and piehole mitigates a lot of that um but as part of it it comes with a list of blocked things and one of them is something called telium um a customer data platform which is now owned by big surprise adobe hmm. uh, but paramount plus uses it so now i can't stream anything on paramount plus it just does not work i thought they had a problem but they didn't it's my problem so my choice is either to accept this insidious data tracking which i i don't want to or not watch Paramount Plus. So, I mean, I don't pay for it because it's part of a Sky subscription. Mm. But even so, it's part of a Sky subscription. I think it's perfectly legitimate to want to watch it without being tracked in a way that you, I mean, obviously you have to consent to it because you're not given any choice. But like, you know, leave me alone, please. Can I just not be allowed to watch things without this? I, I don't mind if they track if if you can still do it when you block it. You know, if for me, it seems like they should say, 
okay, well, that's blocked. But even so, it's a customer. Let's allow them to watch the thing they're a customer of. And have you looked through the terms of service? Is there some line in there that says... I'd just be interested if there's something in there that specifically refers to this or something... You're right to mention it. It probably does. I, I could I could look it up. I just I just wonder if it's in there that, you know, you agreed to having this as a prerequisite to the service even working, even if you're paying for it. I'm not saying that that's a good thing, but I wonder if it's no. in there. And if it isn't, does that give you a right to raise it as a complaint? I mean, there'll be some there'll be some woolly um like language that enables it, I'm sure, and it won't necessarily be completely clear. Um, I, I've got the terms and conditions up. I'll, I'll, I'll have a look at some point. Um, Annoying. And just yeah. before we move on, anything you're going to do about this? Well, I, there's not much I can do. I mean, I could I could whitelist um, Telium, but I don't see why I should. I don't particularly want to. I don't. Even if it was important to me that I watched Paramount Plus, um, I still don't particularly want to give access to that that to the rest of my stuff i don't want it tracking me around the web i don't you know so realistically no do you know what doesn't have any tracking gone torrents <laughs> well that's i mean so, but you know i mean argue what what's the what's the argument in that i mean obviously there is a legal argument that torrenting things is bad immoral whatever illegal but um i've i've already got a, a license to watch those programs presumably I think, included as part I think of my description i think with torrenting the, the the difficult thing is that it's the seeding things back and i get that and i do get if that. it was just you acquiring it that's that's different you know i have a rather handy tool that lets me download copies of things from streaming services if i wanted to and no one's losing out because i have to have an account no. with those services in order to do that but torrenting maybe that's also... the way I should do it then install that somewhere remote on a you know a box somewhere strip yeah. out the DRM download the file watch the thing delete the thing go about my life but why do I have to dance this stupid dance because it's 2023 and everyone but wants it, to spy it, on you yeah well that's I why. don't want to be spied upon and I and I also think you know like here's a here's a law if that you know with the online thingy bill going through here's a law that would have made sense if you're going to track people it should be written next to the price so we you know your service costs you 8.99 a month plus we collect the following data and sell it to blah 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 or use it in this way if they had to do that i think they'd give it some second thoughts wouldn't they i think they might Morris Medley, anyway. item three. I'm liking <laughs> this three. format, by the way. It's very good. Uh, it's, it's quite good. It's, it's keeping things going, right? Yeah. Uh, good news, Nate, for, if you're in the EU. Uh, for, that for, you can now pay for Facebook. Oh. Um, but Facebook and Instagram without ads, that's what you're paying for. Mm. So the idea behind this is that the law, obviously, in the EU is different to everywhere else. Um, they're much more pro-consumer there and making sure people are looked after. So you can now subscribe to a, a monthly uh, thing with uh, Meta and get access to Facebook and Instagram without any ads. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't. I'm not the biggest Facebook user. I I, I have an account uh, because I had one for work and I kept it and joined a bunch of like car um, chats because it's useful to ask for people for advice when you've got an older car. Uh, so I've kept Facebook around for that, and I and I do enjoy the occasional Instagram scroll. Yes, from time to time. And let's not forget, so, Ian is on TikTok. 
I am on TikTok, yeah. yes. I'm but although I'm finding TikTok a bit of a struggle again at the moment because it's full of people selling stupid blackboards that light up and um, things. Yeah, well, they know they're talking things. to somebody who spends part of his disposable income on X studio clocks. So if anything, <laughs> you'd say it's working. But I, we'll come back to TikTok another day because I, I have, I have a, a big point to make about that. Um, but on the, on the meta thing, the reason why we're mentioning this in text message is because this isn't happening in the UK. This yes. is be both a, I mean, you could say, is it a benefit? To Brexit? Is it not a benefit to Brexit? Of Brexit? I think it would be nice to be offered the opportunity. It's nine ninety nine a month. I um, think it would be. By the way, a very Euros. good thing. Yeah, I'd be. I still. Th- I think it's too expensive. But if it was wrapped into this whole verified thing, that you also don't get ads, that would be very compelling. I don't use Facebook. I don't yeah. have an account, but I do. I do use Instagram uh, a few times a week. I'm not a big user of it. Um, and I see in the live chat here, Kate says I would pay for no ads on Meta. I think it's I think it's a good idea. Facebook doesn't Meta doesn't really want to do this as far as I'm aware. They're doing it kind of because they have to because yes. they were told by courts that they that they need to. So this is something they're doing and I think it's more than just the EU. I think it's like the European the European economic, economic area yeah. and Switzerland, yeah. So it's like Liechtenstein and Switzerland and and a, and a couple of others, but it's it's quite it's quite a lot. Kate says 10 is too much, 5.99. I think £5 for ad-free anything is a good price. Well, this is my argument with YouTube. Okay, so going back to the previous point about them sort of wanting to put an end to ad, you know, ad blockers, I'm actually fine paying for YouTube. I get a lot of value out of it. I would find no ads extremely useful. I enjoy YouTube. Great, you know, lots of great creators. I will not pay for YouTube music in any form do a subscription that does not include face YouTube music. I, I'm not going to pay for it okay just anyone from youtube listening that's my statement that's a hill i will die on this came up on daily tech news show on friday which i was guesting on and i was asked what i thought about the whole google ad blocking thing and i said i'm not a big enough youtube user to to want to pay whatever it is 10 pounds a month or something for youtube's premium service um but if they brought the price down to about a fiver Five quid. I reckon yeah. I would pay it, and it would encourage me to use YouTube more, which they could easily do if they just unbundle those stupid music service. Yeah, it's hot garbage, mate. Nick, you should try it sometime just to see how bad it is. Nick in live chat says, "I'd rather be, they paid me for being subjected to their ads." I think the balance is. <laughs> I mean, that's that also a fair point. <laughs> I mean, you are. They are paying. You're both paying each other. You're paying them by letting them use you. It's the way it works. Yes. And I mean the return the return per subscriber, I, I mean I would you could argue it could be a five or a year and they'd still make more money out of you subscribing than they would on ads. Um, I do I do hear a lot of people sort of uh, suggest that bandwidth is expensive. It's not. Electricity is expensive and they do have to have a lot of servers. I mean, YouTube is an unbelievable service in a lot of ways i mean you know yes. people are uploading garbage to that site every minute of every day in a in a, in the hundreds of thousands of hours per minute kind of way yeah in 4k um, in <laughs> 4k well. yeah yeah so i mean you know i mean what on the one hand it's incredible because it will provide future societies with an incredible look at ours assuming they can keep the servers running but you know it it is a collection of 
quite rubbish. I mean, some of this stuff is not viewed by anyone. Um, but even so, it's it's a technological marvel. I always think that about Facebook. You know, the 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 technology behind Facebook is must be remarkable because it's storing such an incredible amount of data. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's I, I, th- I think it's a little bit like with Spotify. Most like the the most. I'm making these numbers up, but they told me at one point that something like 90% of the streams of all of Spotify are something tiny like 1% of the library or something nuts like that. So you just store the 1% that is that accounts for most streams in RAM or on the fastest memory, and the rest is in essentially slower storage. So it's... it, And I think Meta does something similar, particularly with images had a- and videos. They they had a they had a Blu-ray thing that they, I don't know if it ever went to full trial or to full service. But basically, what they did was anything that hadn't been seen for a while, they just archive it to Blu-ray. And then I guess what what they used it for is you know like when you do when you get memories on Facebook or whatever. I guess because it's scheduled in advance, I guess it goes and gets that data from a a, a slow storage format and then presents it. That said hard drive storage has become much cheaper and so it's probably you know they're probably just adding terabytes a day to it that's and weird eating the cost well one of our i won't say the name just in case uh, in our in our live chat right now says uh, i got youtube premium using a vpn so it costs yeah. two pounds a month uh using a, an address be, in a foreign country pretend to be argentinian did not know that was a thing but this was this has been a th- it's a, it works well with services like YouTube. It tend I mean other services less so because obviously you'd have a local library in a lot of cases. Uh, it also used to work with Tidal, mm. where you'd get a Tidal subscription for like two dollars a month or something. Mm. Um, I mean, again, it's useful if you wanted to have high quality, but you'd sort of keep a Spotify subscription as well, so that you could you know not. Mm just be a leech all as right. it were. but anyway i don't do any of that it's just too much effort frankly. the final item in your morris medley before we move on well it's just it's related because you'd mentioned that you were bothered by this and i wanted to see how you were finding search engines because i think we can both agree that google as a search engine has become virtually useless in many ways yeah um i do i think i found i found that i cannot find what i want anywhere near as easily as i used to be able to it feels like sometimes the top results is it might be what i'm looking for if it's something very specific but if i'm doing research and as a journalist i would say i spend the vast majority of my time editorially at least doing research it's almost unusable because all the results are weird websites of domains they've yep. never heard of. It looks like content farming, whether it is or not is another question, or it's lists, or it's just a lot of duplicate nonsense. It's really, yeah, I mean, really bad. If you do a search for, and, and this isn't, I mean, it kind of is. It, uh, if you do a search for, say, you know, is um, a Doctor Who renewed or something like that, you'll get, you know, a, a list of stories. I did. Oh, I did it for John Wick. I watched all four John Wick films. Had a roaring time. Thought this is great. After four, w- would there be another one? And I, so I did a little search and had to wade through unbelievable amounts of waffle from sites like Radio Times. You know, where when will John Wick five be released? And then three thousand words, none of which is the answer to is there going to be a John Wick five? No. Um, until you get like 
three quarters of the way down the page and it, it reveals what you actually already knew that not yet but you know yeah. anyway it's same with how to, how to watch this how to watch that yeah it's like well is is unless this answer on this web page is anything more than load apple tv plus and press play on it <laughs> then it really doesn't <laughs> that, need that to. my favorite one is um well, when I worked at Future, one of the top stories was um, how to watch something in order. I can't remember what it was, but it it, kept, it was on Tech Radar, and it just did unbelievable traffic. So it proves that it works. Oh, this but is it, it, yeah, I, I, surely it works. I, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they wouldn't do it otherwise. Um, but the, one of them was like, um, I think it was something like how, how to watch the the marvel movies in order or something and i was like it disney plus literally presents you them in order it's like all you have to do is go to the service and watch them in order there are some like that where they're they're offering an alternative order that's like canon you in universe canon or something but presumably very true that's that's not for most of them and absolutely and and, you know actually to do a story like that requires some real skill because you've got you know you've got to really understand the universe and you um you know and it might be you watch a tv series in between two movies and stuff like that i have some respect for that because actually it's not just press play you know it's not it's not a farming operation it's actually for people who would like to see things how they are in chronological time rather than in the order they were released i can sort of get on behind that john in live chat says um that he tends to use chat gpt plus as google now which i mean that's fine i don't i mean presumably if you're asking it to present you with links it's not unreliable for that yeah, I've tried these things and I've tried Bing's, which, you know, is based on ChatGPT and it works relatively well in terms of getting you what you want. But it's a slog because you're having a conversational interface. It's like talking to one of those phone tree menus that when you're on hold, oh God. press one for oh. this, press three for that. I'm just waiting. That's not good enough either. I don't know if we want to add what is probably now a sixth thing to the Morris Medley. I, but I canceled my Virgin subscription and that was a mission. Right. It took six hours. We'll return to that because that, sounds like an extra message narr- narratively <laughs> yeah. presented um i've in- maybe, yeah. i've enjoyed this morris uh medley uh if you well maybe we'll bring it back i think we could i think we could well it's we'll always the it. things we accidentally stumble into that pr- end up being you know long lasting features yeah well let us know any thoughts you have on any of the sub components of the morris medley or anything else we've talked about today or anything you'd like us to talk about tomorrow uh, that is the figurative tomorrow. Tomorrow is Monday. I'll be at work. So, well, Ian, we won't be podcasting then. But you knew what I meant. And it was facetious of you to present otherwise. I'd like to thank our patrons for supporting us. And um, we have had a few new patrons this week, which, of course, naturally, uh, I have been unable to load because the page will not load while we're live but you know who you are and you will get thanked by name next week but thanks to everyone like nick and john and al and ken and mike and nick people in the chat who are supporting us you are the best and all of those people not only got two extra messages this week one from ian one from Mm. me um but you're also going to hear the third uh, third story that we do every week this week though does the pc versus mac debate feel a bit old now
Well, that's going to do it for this week. I strongly advise people who aren't patrons who are thinking about it to become one and go and listen to this uh, week's episode because if you like arguments about PC versus Mac, or rather if you liked having them 15 years ago and wish they'd come back, then uh, did we just spend 15 minutes talking about why that would be such a fantastic use of all of our time um otherwise we've got extra message coming up later this week uh, i should remind that it's actually ian's turn to do it again um because he does oh, okay tend to do the first in the month yes i know I, I thought that might be a surprise to you but it is technically well no i mean it's fine um yeah so that's i i don't know what i'm gonna do oh you said yeah i do yeah you yeah. just suggested one didn't you i did i did it's right there in the past right otherwise we'll see all of you for another week in the future another podcast that is in the future bye bye when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89 percent off usps and ups Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.